What's up, everybody? I'm Steph. And I'm Mari. We are two licensed professional counselors in the state of Wisconsin, and this is the Rewriting Her Story podcast, a mindset podcast for everyone. Here we'll discuss daily issues we face ourselves, struggles our clients are having, and ways to tackle everyday life and whatever else comes up. We take a no-bullshit approach while still being empathetic and supportive. Let's Let's fucking fucking go. 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 Hello. Welcome back. We are on episode motherfucking 12. I can't even believe it. And let's just say when you guys listen to this, well, it'll be way behind, but we went a whole week without releasing an episode and it was so weird, but it was very weird. It was due to unforeseen circumstances. My brother who I talked about in the story had to have emergency surgery on his appendix, which he is fine. And then a week later he got fucking COVID. So I was like, what are the odds that our sound engineer is going to be down for the count for two weeks? However, he is feeling better and he's going to be editing. So we're good now. Yes, we are good. It was difficult. It was I weird. Tend to, like I start my Monday and I'm like, let me just hear, see what we sound like. Yes. And, and then I'll listen for a little bit and then I'm like, I can't listen anymore. <laughs> oh, I listen to the whole and... thing just because like I want to, I just want to make sure that it flows well and like we sound yeah. good. Um, I also like to hear people's feedbacks, you know, like on Mondays, I feel like people mm-hmm. tag us in their stories and stuff and that's how they start their week. However, I did get a bunch of updates from people who were like, I'm actually thankful because now I can catch up on the previous ones. And so people were still excited, which is good because that's not all we care about, but it's a big portion of what we care about when it comes to you guys and listening and stuff like that. Absolutely. I had people tell me that they were sad because that's how they start their Mondays. And I was like, oh, that makes me feel good. I'm sad that you're sad. However, it makes me feel good that you guys are listening to us and that um, you're you're liking what we say. So it's good. I think it's actually awesome that people start their weeks with us. I'm glad we picked Monday to release episodes because I think yeah. that's that's a good way to set the tone for your week. I was just going to say it's a good way to like frame your week of like, okay, here's what we're going to talk about. Here's maybe what I could focus on for the week. Yep. Like maybe this will be my theme for the week. I like that. I like that a lot. So did you check where we are with streams? <gasps> I haven't checked in a couple days, but last time I checked, we were at 869. I know. I'm so like, excited about this. I, I would assume by the time this comes out, we will have probably already done our live or whatever. Oh, yeah. I feel like we will have well surpassed the thousand streams for sure. Yes. I'm excited for us to like go live and do like a ask a therapist anything or, yes. you know, if there's something specific that people want us to go live and talk about, like, let us know. We want to hear your feedback, but I thought it would be fun if we just kind of hopped on and had people ask us questions about whatever, even if it's like a, a part two of get to know us, like that's cool too. Yes. Yes. I would, I would really like that. And then we have to figure out our giveaway, right? Like, yes, we got to put that together and figure that out too. And maybe by the time you guys listen to this, the giveaway will have already happened. We don't know. (laughs) We don't know. The world may never know. (laughs) But today, Mari and I wanted to talk about a hot topic that comes up all the time, and it is anxiety. I want to preface this by saying we are going to be talking about three broad range topics of anxiety. So three types of anxiety. This is not, please hear me when I say, this is not an episode for you to be able to self-diagnose yourself with anxiety. There is a reason we go to school and spend $100,000 on our education to learn how to diagnose people, right? Like there are so many things that go into diagnosing someone that people seem to forget. And they're like, well, I'm just going to look up the symptoms online and see what it is. And they read one sentence like, yep, that's me. I got it. 
I know that's what it is, right? Or yes. even better, I saw this video on TikTok and I think I have XYZ. If people don't stop that, I'm going to lose it. Here's what's not helpful about listening to those different things or reading those different things and self-diagnosing yourself the same way that people go on WebMD and are like, I have a stomach pain. And they're like, oh, you have stomach cancer. Yep. The same, the same thing can happen with the mental health diagnosis. It literally, there's so many variables at play here that go into diagnosing somebody. And when you are looking only at what your brain is filtering out and wanting you to look at, it's completely bias that, yes. that you are searching for what you want to find. So yep. it's, excuse me, it's, it's not helpful. It's not reliable. There are reasons there's trained professionals. There's a reason you go to your doctor when you have a cold or a cough to figure out what's going on. Like, so please, I get that it might validate some of those concerns or feelings you're having. It is not reliable. Please do not, do not, um, use that as a way to self-diagnose. Like our, what we are going to do now is talk about the anxiety and we are using it as to hopefully be like a relatable tool for you and not to self-diagnose. So Mm -hmm. just one more time, you are not to (laughs) self-diagnose with this episode and or any other episode, either previous or going forward. Yes. This is a informational podcast, right? I think one other thing that gets me is when people who have a diagnosed relatable disorder and they post about it, people want to relate to that person. And so they convince themselves like I have that too. Here's the thing. I'm not saying that you don't, I don't know you well enough to assess you to know that you don't, but like Mari said, don't put all your eggs in one basket and just make an assumption. There Mm -hmm. is a reason why you go to a professional for these things. So Mm -hmm. please just keep that in mind. And this is not us like trying to be condescending or talk down to you. Oh, We're just oh. being 100% real about the situation because we see this all the time. Mm-hmm. Again, when I first got my DSM in grad school, I was like, I fucking have everything in this 800 page book. Literally. I have it all. I Literally. have it all. Cause you just convince yourself, well, that happened to me once. So I have that. No. Well, yeah. And so many of these symptoms can show up as something else. Like somebody yes. who is anxious could really just be hypervigilant from trauma. Like yep. there may be certain things that you know for a fact, like me for a fact, I've been undiagnosed, but I know I have ADHD. I know I do since I was in school. It makes 1000% sense. However, it's just something that you learn to function with. Um, and sometimes you grow out of it, sometimes you don't. Uh, but also variables we could look at are like the job that I do, like how I measure myself against like my productivity and then use that as like, am I worthy? Am I not? Like there's so many variables that go into it. So it's not mm-hmm. just, oh, I have this. Bye, bye, bye. So And so many symptoms in general are overlapping in several different mental health mm-hmm. diagnoses. So mm-hmm. unless you are a professional, you don't know how to weed those things out. Correct. Okay, so now that we're done in our soapbox. I was like, let us get off the soapbox. (laughs) We are beating a dead horse. (laughs) And scene. (laughs) So we picked three different anxiety disorders. Uh, Generalized anxiety disorder is where we're going to start because I feel feel it is the most commonly diagnosed anxiety disorder. Yes. Because it is a very general, as stated in the diagnosis, diagnosis form of anxiety. So... It's basically persistent and excessive worry about things. That's very broad, right? Like there is a more in-depth definition of this. But when you think about generalized anxiety, it is, there could be a sense of dread, of worry about a catastrophe, right? An overall sense of feeling on edge or feeling like 
I'm just waiting for the shoe to drop. Like this, Mm -hmm. just something doesn't feel right. Right. And it can manifest in all different kinds of ways. Absolutely. And the more that you feed it, the bigger it gets. Mm -hmm. Like the more that we are thinking about the worry, um, trying like people like, well, I'm just trying to pre-plan for scenarios or whatnot. No, you are literally feeding into this anxiety monster is what I like to to yep. refer to it as you're feeding into that anxiety monster and then creating these compulsive thoughts that if I do not think about plans, then I for sure will have X, Y, Z happen to me, which is that catastrophizing. It's also then turning those thoughts into compulsions that I need to think these things in order to help make my anxiety go away when it might relieve it for a few minutes, but then that thought is right back there. Um, so yeah, definitely kind of a catch all for anxiety here. And like people can have anxiety about lit, Literally anything, mm-hmm. literally anything. And if you think about your brain constantly being in motion, worrying about what is going to happen, what did happen, what could happen, X, Y, Z, think of how your body is going to feel. You are going to feel exhausted. You are going to feel irritable. You're going to feel on edge. You might have a hard time falling asleep. All of these things are part of generalized anxiety. However, like I said before, there are also symptoms of other disorders too. So Mm -hmm. just hearing these things doesn't mean, well, yep, I have generalized anxiety disorder. Maybe you do, maybe you don't. But here's the thing. So like we've talked about in previous podcasts, especially the one that we did last episode, last episode was cognitive errors, I think. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So no amount of worrying about a situation potentially happening is going to change it from happening. If it's going to happen, it's going to happen. Mm -hmm. The issue with anxiety, the whole underlying premise of anxiety is having a lack of control. And when you are somebody who wants to have control and you don't have it, it manifests in all kinds of ways. The thing with anxiety too is it can manifest physically. So when I'm overly anxious, I tighten my jaw, which then gives me a terrible migraine, or I feel it in my stomach and it does not feel good, or I want to sleep for three days because I'm just exhausted. Like there's... It plays out in so many different ways. Absolutely, I think the thing that helps me when, because I do, like my somatic symptoms, so the physical symptoms of anxiety for me are stomach ache for sure. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Um, what, what, I do get a racing heart, and we'll talk about that later, like when we talk about phobias or stuff like that, that like that I'll get like a racing heart and thought and stuff like that. But like m- mine is mainly a stomach ache. But then to me, I have turned that instead of into this like, dread of, oh my gosh, you know, now my stomach hurts. What is this about? Blah, 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 blah. That to me, that is my trigger now, my cue of like, okay, I'm worrying about something, whether Mm -hmm. it's in the forefront of my mind or not. So I need to pause and reflect and kind of look at the past two days and then look at maybe the, the forward two days and see like what is coming up or showing up for me that maybe is not in the forefront of my mind because I feel like once I acknowledge like that's what I'm worrying about that's when that stuff starts to dissipate because then it's like okay well so maybe it's like a deadline or a hard session coming up I'm able to be like okay that that session might be hard absolutely I don't know though until I get there I can't Mm -hmm. cross that bridge until I'm in that session and here's the thing if it's hard it's hard that session's gonna happen no matter what Yep. So I, I can show up and I can be present and I can acknowledge whatever feelings are showing up or I could try to avoid it. I know exactly where avoiding it's going to get me. It's going to create this bigger stomach ache, this, this bigger sense of dread, this like everything just avoiding it exacerbates the problem. Well, and I'm sure that you guys have heard the term self-fulfilling prophecy, right? So if you're yes. anticipating 
that something coming up is going to be terrible, what kind of energy do you think you're bringing to that situation, right? Mm -hmm. You're bringing that terrible energy to that situation. So however you perceive it is going to be the way you thought about it. I'm not saying if something that's coming up sounds difficult, I'm not saying for you to be like, it's going to be the best experience of my life, (laughs) right? Not at all, because I don't function like that either. However, if you look at it as, well, it's a situation that I have to partake in. It is what it is. Whatever's going to happen is going to happen and keep it moving. Mm-hmm. Because no amount of you trying to prepare for something potentially damaging is going to actually prepare you for it. I made a story about it the other day. We think that we are in this like survival slash preparing mode when all we're doing is taking away joy from the present moment and overwhelming ourselves for something that is completely unnecessary. I'll absolutely agree with that. One thousand percent. I was just thinking so many people that I hear from my clients so, so many people that I hear from my clients, <laughs> not even <laughs> the fuck. So many times I hear from my clients about that throughout the day they're fine, and then the second they get home, they get mm-hmm. to like that wind down phase. They get to the bedtime, they're like, "And how many memes have we seen about this? Of like, my brain offers me a selection of the you know the, yep. the fourteen worst things that I've done in my life, or whatever it may be." So if if we're starting to have that type of insight. We're noticing that we can avoid it throughout the day, maybe push it off. But then when we get home, that's when that starts building up. Start creating a routine around that. I was just going to say that. Start acknowledging, okay, like when we work with little kids, I worked with a, a little girl nine years old, had anxiety. So when we were working together, we had worry time. So worry time would be at the end of the day, like eight before she went to bed. So then she would talk about her worries that she had throughout the day and with her parents. So then, you know, that's where we stored it. And that's where we could have our moment to just release it all. Um, we stored it throughout the day and then released it during that time. So the same with adults, like you don't have to phrase it as worry time. If you're like, I'm an adult, I don't lie, lie. Like, But realistically, you need time to be able to unpack that. That does not mean, hear me when I say this, that does not mean sit here and allow yourself to catastrophize for a few minutes. But you avoiding is not cultivating that mindfulness attitude. When we talk, oh. Okay, so when we're talking (laughs) about the core mindfulness, um, umbrella of dbt we're looking at the three states of mind the how skill and the what skill so under the how or what it's not even it's not a big deal under the how or what skill it one of the sections is one mindfully and so it says in there like when you're eating eat when you're when you're um walking walk Mm -hmm. when you're worrying worry Allow yourself to experience that emotion and then to be able to have a radical acceptance mantra that comes with it Mm -hmm. of like, if this isn't in your control, like, like I said about the session of like, if I'm worried about a big session, I I will cross that bridge when I get to it. It is okay to have feelings about that. It's okay to be scared, Mari. It might be a new thing that you've never done before. It might be something that you don't necessarily feel confident in, but worrying about it right now isn't going to make that session better or worse. Well, I mean, it will make it worse, honestly, if we build it up in our head and start catastrophizing. But worrying about it right now isn't going to bring me to that session and then have me be prepared. So allow yourself to feel that. Allow yourself to have that emotion of like, maybe I don't know what's going on. Maybe I do feel like an imposter here. Maybe I do feel like X, Y, Z, whatever it is. Feel that. Get a radical acceptance statement of like, the present moment is perfect because I am in it. I've made all the decisions that led up to this moment. And this is exactly where I'm supposed to be right now. And so when I get to that moment, that is exactly where I'm supposed to be. 
So let that rest where it is and allow yourself that mindfulness moment. You build up enough of those mindfulness moments then you start to get to that point where you start recognizing your triggers or you start like, oh, my stomach's hurting. Oh, I know what this is. This is anxiety. Here's the thing. I can only control what I can control. So you start to be able to get ahead of these symptoms and these worries and these thoughts and these fears. I think this is where not I think I know with anxiety in particular, I like to use the riding the wave excuse me, DBT skill a lot to describe how you experience anxiety or like panic, right? So if you envision a huge tidal wave, right? Like it starts out slow. So you're like, oh, I feel a little bit anxious. Like I don't really know what's going on. And then it starts to swell a little bit and you're like, um, I don't like this. I'm really uncomfortable. And then it crests and you're like, I'm fucking freaking out. I don't know what's happening. This is the worst. I feel like I'm going to die. But then guess what? The wave comes crashing down and you're safe and you're on land and you're okay. It's a visual representation of what happens when you feel a really strong emotion. It doesn't have to be anxiety. It can be other things. Mm-hmm. And here's the other thing. An adult's worry time can be your time to sit down and journal what the fuck it is that you're thinking about, right? Mm-hmm. What it is that came up for you today. Or just free write. I love free writing or brain dumping because you will come to realize that you were thinking about things and you had no idea. Or that things were in your brain firing that you didn't even know were an issue. And when you get them out on paper they're not swirling around in your head anymore, overwhelming you. Absolutely. I was going to take it to, oh, the, when you were talking about the riding the wave Mm -hmm. um, and that letdown, so many people judge that letdown Mm -hmm. part of what the, how, and it's, it's the, how are the what skill again? It's a different right now. We'll talk about them probably in another, um, another episode, but one of the part is, is no judging or, um, non-judgmental. So you're no, you're not supposed to be judging yourself for what is coming up. It's so many people, so many clients I see judge that what that letdown looks like for them of mm-hmm. like when you're, that wave is crashing. Sometimes it's crying. Sometimes it's rage. Sometimes it's withdrawing some, whatever it is, you are going through it. Allow yourself to go through it. Allow yourself to experience that. Allow yourself to have that crying moment. Allow yourself to have that rageful moment. Again, within reason that we're making sure that we're safe and we're keeping other people safe. I'm not saying like haul off and like start beating people up, but like, if you want to scream, if you want to punch a pillow, if you want to do a crazy hard workout, get that anger out, get it out, mm-hmm. allow yourself to feel it because that's how we move through it. And a perfect, not a perfect, what Ugh, perfect doesn't exist. A really good um, thing to think about, and they talk about it when riding this wave of like, and so many podcasts that I've listened to about anxiety, you it's not going to last forever. Yep. No part in your life have you stayed in that anxious moment. You've come out of it. So know that you will come out of this. Absolutely. Should we move on to the next one? Absolutely. So the next <laughs> Absolutely. one. Like, God. <laughs> I said like 14 already <laughs> in like a minute. You know what? I'm not even going to try and stop it anymore. No. So the next anxiety diagnosis we are talking about is social anxiety disorder. Mm-hmm. And I think this disorder can be misconstrued for a lot of people. This doesn't mm-hmm. always mean you don't like crowds. Is that a part of it? Sure. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. This could mean... I have a really hard time ordering at a restaurant. I have a really hard time making phone calls. I have a really hard time public speaking. It's all the things. And here's the underlying issue of social anxiety disorder. You have an intense, persistent fear of judgment and embarrassment. So that could literally be so many things. I think about how my 
childhood is obviously looking very different than my son's childhood, right? I played sports. I was very active. I was like a social butterfly. I loved to be up in front of people. Like it never made me nervous. I liked to do all those things, but I also, not that I wasn't given the option to not do them, but you know, like in school growing up, if you had a presentation, uh, you're fucking doing it. You're not getting an excuse. You're not gonna be able to turn in an essay. You're not gonna be able to video record yourself doing it and send it in. Like, no, you got up in front of that class and you did a three minute presentation that felt like three weeks and it was oh the worst. <laughs> yes. I, I just thought I just about... remember like holding index cards and like shaking and yes. being like, and then in this part, ha, like, ha, ha, ha. Um, <laughs> like, um, yes. um, yes. Um, like <laughs> I, I will never forget the first presentation I did in, um, post-grad or, um, post-undergrad. I, I was the first person to go the first class, the first presentation, and I had to present on Freud. Freud of all people, who's the father of psychoanalysts. Oh, my lanta. There was so much, and I didn't want to forget anything. Mm -hmm. Everyone else's pages, (laughs) you could turn in notes for people to have. Everyone else's pages were like three to four. Bitch, I had 12 pages. (laughs) 12 pages, not double space. Like, it was so much. And people, like, my presentation was like, 25 minutes it was insane people were like um what that's that's a lot and my teacher was like that was very thorough thank you and I was like I'm so nervous like it's just you you get up there and you get so in your head about am I gonna be good enough are they Mm -hmm. gonna like this is this is that here is the thought process that I have and that I would love for other people to have behind that fear of real or perceived judgment from other people. You cannot control what other people think about you. There, You cannot control that narrative. It does not matter what you do. Hell, look at celebrities. Mm-hmm. Look at celebrities. They could, they could blink and someone's going to be like, you know what? That was a side eye. Did you see that side eye from yep. them? We, you know, they think they're she better than every- the devil. Yeah. Oh my gosh. <laughs> Literally. There's so like, how many times have we all had judgments made about our appearance or whatnot mm-hmm. that, that people like, okay, hell the first time I met you, I was like, mm-hmm. she's, she's a rough rider. She's <laughs> a, she, oh, shout out RIP DMX. <laughs> but like, I, I was like, she's not nice. <laughs> That's such a judgment, right? Such a judgment. So know that people are going to make judgments no matter what, no matter what. And you cannot control what they think or feel or, or whatever about you. You have to control you. And that starts, which I know this is extremely scary. That starts with focusing on yourself mm-hmm. and working on yourself. And I think that is the basis of why some anxiety exists is that we look at doing the work and we look at putting it in and it seems so hard and so unrealistic and so just just like it just seems impossible Mm -hmm. especially if you don't have somebody in your corner being like you know what you can though you can Mm -hmm. yeah is it gonna be hard absolutely absolutely you're gonna have there's gonna be moments where you get knocked down there's gonna be moments where you're in the dirt where you're in the thick of it here's the thing it always pays off 
it always pays off. There has never been a moment where I have met somebody that I do therapy with where they were like, I'm really upset that I worked on myself and got healthy. It's so stupid. I'm just, why? Why did I waste all that time? Like just really bettering myself. Like nobody. It's that first step though, where it feels like you have this mountain in front of you. So then that's when all of these anxious thoughts come in because anxiety is really just based off of all of these thoughts about the future and what can't control. But if we stay in this present moment right now in today realistically think about what are you going to have anxiety about how how monumental could that anxiety get if we're only focused on today and maybe the next hour and maybe like five hours ahead of time it can't it mm-hmm. really realistically can't grow that much what so. I think is so sad especially with teenagers nowadays is like the oxymoron of the fact that social media has made social anxiety significantly worse Mm-hmm. You don't have to talk to people. You yeah. can write to people. Bro, mm-hmm. when I was a kid, I would literally ask my mom, spend three hours on the telephone talking to my best friend because mm-hmm. that's how we socialize. We talked to people, right? If you didn't mm-hmm. have a phone, it kind of sucked. We right. didn't have like instant messaging and texting and blah, 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 all the things. Like social media wasn't a thing, which I'm actually really thankful for. Yes. But If I had to go, when I was 15 and started applying for jobs, I had to physically go into a building and say, are you guys hiring? Can I please have an application? I tell teenagers that now and they're like, what the fuck? I would never do that. I don't even want to email an application. I'm like, if you don't get it together because you're going to have to talk to people in life. That's just is what it is. But it's made it so hard for people to do quote unquote, like, everyday things that are a part of life. And that makes me so sad mm-hmm. because they're not forced to do these things anymore. Even, like think about teachers, especially now with virtual school, like, yes, they should be talking to their class, like via the zoom call or whatever. But theoretically, a lot of my kids that I see turn their camera off. They don't have to see people. They can type in the chat. They can email their homework. They don't have to ask for help. We're debilitating them. And that's mm-hmm. sad. That's mm-hmm. like not fair to them. My kid's seven and he's socially anxious. He gets very embarrassed in front of especially older kids. He does not like it. He's convinced that every older kid he sees is a bully. I'm working on it. Um, if he thinks he's doing something that somebody thinks is weird, he freaks out. And I'm like, bro, I'm like the epitome of weird. We embrace weird here. So mm-hmm. let's just do it. Right. Have there been things that I maybe haven't done or was scared to do because of judgment in the past? Yes. But in my 37 years of life, the past two years, I stopped caring because at the end of the day, like Marie said, people are going to judge you whether you live a quote unquote perfect life or a fucking disastrous life. It doesn't matter. Your life is yours and you can't control how somebody else feels about you. And you shouldn't want to ever. Cognitive error shoulds. I know. I know. Shouldn't want to. I get, I get why it's there because when that judgment and that, that fear of not being in the group is what, if you think back, you know, years and years and eons ago is what kept us safe. That was, it was survival of the fittest. If we don't fit in with the group, we don't have food, shelter, protection, any of those things. I, we, that's, that is where this all started of wanting to be accepted and liked Mm -hmm. Started back in caveman days, or I don't know if you, like, you believe in what you want to believe in. I guarantee if you go to your creation story, there is some sort of of thing there where if you, were, yeah, if, that, if you weren't part of that group, 
then you were not taken care of. And that was death. It equaled death back then. Whereas now our, that instinctual part of our brain doesn't understand like, no, no, we're in 2021. If they don't like me, that's okay. I still, I'm just going to go to Starbs and I'm going to yep. get a coffee and a sandwich and, and um, live my best life and live my best life. Like I, mm-hmm. I won't starve to death. I'm not going to die. Like it's going to be okay. It's going to be great. So realistically looking at breaking that thought down too of like, what's the worst that happens if these people don't like me? What's the worst that happens if these people judge me based on this? Am I showing up for myself? Am I pouring into what I love? Am I doing what I think is the best? Am I taking into account trying to walk that middle path, right? Of balancing between this acceptance and change of like, you know, maybe I don't necessarily like what's going on at work, but I am trying to take into consideration my feelings, someone else's feelings, and we'll find this compromise. Yeah, absolutely. So then what the hell does it matter if Joe Schmo down the street doesn't like me? Mm-hmm. I'm not saying we got to be like, F you, Joe Schmo. Like, it is what it is. If he doesn't like me, he's still going to live his best life, possibly. And I'm going to live my best life because I know I'm not harboring this anxiety, fear, bitterness, hate, whatever it may be, holding space for all these other people. I'm focused on me. And if Honestly, I'm focused you know on me, it's, it's there. Like, that's yes. the path we need to be on. I was thinking, do you know what is like the most, not most, but one of... A very incredibly anxiety-provoking situation is that you and I both did for years, mm-hmm. running a group with teenagers. Oh, God. Standing up in front of teenagers who, let's be honest, are judgmental. It's, they can be it's their nature, right? Yes. And yes, they can be brutal. And you're standing up in front of them trying to teach them things. Oh, wait. I've had some experiences. Mm-hmm. But if you can get through that... I feel like you can get through anything. I can do anything. I literally yeah. can do anything. You, you had a room of 12 hostile, angry, <laughs> you know, hormonal teenagers, and I had to teach them DBT skills because yep. they wanted to be better. Oh, I can do anything. I literally can yes. do anything. Like, what the fuck? No. How many groups did we run, like, in silence because they either hated us or didn't want to <sighs> participate, and we're like, okay, I literally can't count. And that that <laughs> is the thing. Getting my therapy license, I was terrified what if they don't talk oh my god what if an hour goes by and they don't talk the world will fucking end do you have any idea nobody's gonna give me a license if i can't get them talking what do you have any idea what that's gonna feel like sitting for 60 minutes and nobody's talking I can't tell you how many times, how many times I, I lived that nightmare. And now I'm to the point like, you don't want to talk. That's fine. Like, yep, that's okay. Same. Like, well, I'll sit here with you. I'll hold space with you. And here's the thing. If you don't have anything to talk about, we'll just end the session. Oh my, yep. what a novel idea. What a novel idea. Guess what, Murray? You guys don't have to sit in the session. If there's yes. nothing left to talk about, you just end this session. Yes. So it's like half the time, these fears that we have in our head of like, I, there's no way I'm going to make it out of this. There's no freaking way. It's like the answer's right there. And it's so glaringly obvious, but because we are so clouded by those emotions that we're just trying to avoid of like, oh, I can't feel that, mm-hmm. that we miss the answer every single time, every time. Yep. yep. So the last one we wanted to talk about, is just something I would say like lighthearted, perhaps. <laughs> However, I don't feel that my phobia is lifeheart. What? Lighthearted. Lighthearted. Light-hearted I didn't make sense earlier. Oh, earlier. And <laughs> I was so I was thinking about this. I was like, do I know Mari's phobias? And I was like, I think I do. So I'm going <gasps> to ask you if I am correct in knowing what your phobias are. Oh my god, let's do a guessing game. <laughs> This is so fun. <laughs> I, feel I know like one of yours. I feel like I know two. Oh. <laughs> Wait, what? maybe even three. Is it three? <gasps> How many do you have? Let's start there. 
that oh, you can yeah. think of off the top of your head that you're like absolutely not do not come at me with those things I can think of I well like one is like all-encompassing okay so I feel like that could be broken down into a lot of things but there like there's an overarching all-encompassing thing and then there's I have two like over okay words I'm getting so excited <laughs> it's hard to think <laughs> okay so one is like an overarching theme and then one is like one thing by itself okay so if I get this I wrong, I'm gonna oh my fucking god, I don't hate even, myself. I don't even know I have one of yours. That's it. Oh my god, I feel like I don't know you. I'm sweating. <laughs> okay, go ahead. Our friendship is on the line right now, you guys. So you're gonna watch it unfold. CJ, play tense music. <laughs> Okay, so I feel like the the ones that can be encompassed in things could be considered like flying things. So like bees and birds. Mm, I was not thinking that at all. <laughs> <laughs> Literally wasn't at all, at all. Like like to me the the okay well continue. okay but the other one isn't the other one fish like in water. Oh okay so yes I have three things yes okay. yes. <laughs> Definitely three. I thought you guys. Fish Remember when we did that disgusting. obstacle course and you were like, wait, are there fish in the water? Because if there are fish in the water, I can't do it. I can't. Stephanie, I literally, I'm high uh, itch thinking about it. I, I, here's the thing. Every year we go up on my dad's. Every year we go up, we celebrate when he got shot. That's another story. Because I feel like we should have, we should have a podcast where we talk about our traumas. Oh, for sure. That would be fun to unpack. So every year we go up, my family's kind of weird. We celebrate when my dad got shot. It's, it's a thing. So we go camp, and so we do this fun tubing thing. Shady Acres, Shores, so much fun in the Wisconsin Dell area. You just tube down the river, right? It's like two hours. And then you, like, stop off, little, like, you know, whatever. So I'm like, okay, fine, cool. I'm going to put my feet up, like, only, like, a little bit of my butt's going to be in the water. I'm going to be okay. But then, like, there's nowhere to go to the bathroom. <laughs> so they're like, no, you have to go in in the lake. And I was like what <laughs> this water you guys when I tell you this water is brown like it is brown it's mud like you can't see a thing and I'm like I literally am like a snapping turtle is gonna take my fucking toe off a fish is gonna drag me under a muskie's gonna take my foot like something's I gonna swim up in me it's gonna happen and, yeah literally and here's here's the messed up part Seth I think about it probably once a month even in the winter I think about like us like Soph just brought it up the other day and I'm thinking like oh my god what if that happens again and I'm like Ugh, like I gotta shake it off like yikes so, like what it's you're not even there you're not even in the water what is like oh my god so yeah fish absolutely but that, so wait, and that bees be, and birds aren't one of them I, I know that you no, hate bees I like, I love hate bees. I'm, like, I just don't want to get stung. That's okay. the thing. Like, I don't hate them. Like, I put out sugar water last year for my fuzzy bumble. I have a fuzzy bumble who is always in my backyard. Well, it, in my head, it's the same fuzzy bumblebee, but maybe it's not. But in my head, it is. And he is so cute and fat. And so I left sugar water out for him because he fell asleep on a leaf. Oh, cutest thing. I have a Snapchat video of it. And then, um... I don't li I think birds are disgusting, except for <laughs> eagles and ducks and owls. I think they're gross. Like, they don't freak me out. I'm just like, ew. Like, bleh. like dirty. Feathers everywhere. Bleh. I can't. It's so disgusting. So then what are the other ones? I'm the worst. I knew fish You're was You're not the sure. worst. You're missing one that's glaringly obvious. That's why I thought you were going to say something, and I was like, no, it's an overarching theme. 
What is the biggest difference between us? I mean, there's a lot. No, our, our biggest, like, yin-yang thing. What do you just absolutely love? Uh, darkness. Anything dark. Horror. Right. Scary. Yes. that That's the overarching thing. I, really? Because oh, I thought you were going to say, when you were saying that, I thought you were going to say clowns. And I was like, no, overarching. I don't like anything oh. horror. That shit. Uh, it, I can't. I can't. She'll send me, like, pictures of clowns <laughs> or scary things. And I'm like, ah! like, I'll, like, jump scare throw my phone. Like, I just... I won't be able to sleep. I won't be able to sleep. I, I will be in my head like, some. did you hear that? Did you oh, hear like that? Oh, like when I fuck with you, I'm like, there's house. a ghost in your house. Yeah, I literally, It's oh the my murderer God. that came I, in. If I'm watching TikTok at night and like a scary thing comes up, I'm like, I don't claim this energy. I do not claim this energy. Not in my space, not in my house. Like, oh. So, yeah. But I didn't realize when, it was that big. When you say flying, Yeah. Planes, oh, airplanes. Flying. Jesus Christ. That's what I'm saying. Like, airplanes, abs- oh, absolutely yes, not. Duh. I did know that. I guess I just totally didn't think of it as a phobia, but it totally is. Oh, it is. Percent. Yeah, no, I, <sighs> yeah, yikes. I can't. Yeah, for sure. I think I honestly only have one. So if you get it wrong, you're the worst. No, I have it. <laughs> I fucking have it. And here's the thing. Well, I know what mine is. I know what I'm going to say is absolutely one of yours. Absolutely. Snakes. Yes. I the one it. and only. The fucking That's one it. and oh only. My gosh. Little I really bit. think it is. I don't know if there's anything else that I'm like super. I mean, there's things that really fucking gross me out, like maggots. I cannot. <laughs> oh, oh, the word. <laughs> the word. Oh, it's like moist. <laughs> uh, I can't. Oh, my God. Maggots. <laughs> But like snakes, I've had like actual panic attacks from, yes. I really think it was like a, an, an instilled phobia because my dad was almost bit by a snake in Italy. So he had an intense fear. And when I was little, like I'm talking like four years old, I was convinced that there was a giant boa constrictor at the end of my bed waiting to eat me when I went to sleep. Like I could feel it at the bottom of my bed. One time I like hallucinated a snake at my Nana's downstairs and I went running up the stairs screaming. My mom's like, what the fuck is happening? And I was like, I saw a snake at Nana's. She's like, no, you didn't. I'm like, I swear I did. It was black. Like I couldn't look at him on TV. I couldn't look at him at the fucking zoo. One time I was walking through Gurney Mills with my ex-husband and they had a serpent safari store in Gurney Mills. Mm -hmm. Guess what that means? They stand outside the store with a giant albino snake on their shoulders. And I fucking flipped out and I was like, it's going to fall on the ground. It's going to fucking kill me. We got to get out of here. I can't do this. It was terrifying. Terrifying. Here's just what, when you said... I was, um, I was convinced like it was going to happen. Like I could feel it. That, yes. that is how powerful your brain is people mm-hmm. like that. Your brain will convince you of things that are not real. Like, like can I, like when you're talking about that, when I was talking about like being in that lake, I like when I was going to the bathroom in the lake, yeah. I literally was like, I, I, any second now, any second, any second it's here it's coming it's coming right now wait for it prepare yourself because it's like you're opening yourself up to that vulnerability that physical vulnerability of like this could happen at any moment and so if I rehearse enough times in my head that this is gonna happen I'm gonna get ahead of it I'm gonna I'm gonna get in front of this anxiety no the fuck you're not no, the fuck Because when not. that snapping turtle comes up, you're not going to know what the fuck to do. Every, everybody's got a plan until they get punched in the face, right? Huh? That's the saying. That's the saying. Yeah, you can have a plan. Oh, I'm going to do this when this happens until yep. you get punched in the face. 
Bugle say to me sometimes, Mom, do you ever want to get over your fear of snakes? And I say, no, "No, I have no fucking physical purpose to get over my phobia of snakes. Because you know what that would entail? Exposure therapy to snakes in real life, and I would rather fucking die. No, thank you. No, thank you. Like, like, I can appreciate them as a part of the ecosystem now. Now I can watch documentaries. Like, they, they serve a purpose, right? I don't I need mean, to have them in my life. I <laughs> no. don't need to have them in my life. I I agree. However, like for the fear of flying, that is something I will absolutely yes. conquer. I'm not saying I'm going to get to a point where I'm like, I cannot wait to get on a plane, but I absolutely I can't wait to get your am. pilot's license, actually. So I, I, yeah, f- hey, Here's the thing. I really feel like that would help me. I'm not even kidding. I feel like because I would be in control then. That's the whole thing, right? I'm not in control. When in You'd reality, be in control of hundreds of people's lives is what that would be. Oh, I didn't say I wanted to be a commercial airline pilot. <laughs> I didn't say I was flying us to uh, work for Delta now. <laughs> like, oh my. Okay, it could do, you know, it's just absolutely nuts to me. People apply... To be stewardess and oh, like I don't, steward or whatever. Like, I don't know that's why. all you do. All you do no, all day you. is you're on a plane. Are you a psychopath? <laughs> but like in my head, that's like what I think about. But then like, thank God we have those people in the world. Like, sure. thank God there's like people who want to handle reptiles because yes. they're, uh, they're part of the, it's just nuts to me. Yep. I'm sure people probably look at our job and are like, you listen to people's problems all day. Are you a psychopath? <laughs> I mean, maybe. Who knows? <laughs> like, <laughs> So yeah, that was that was a good lighthearted way to for sure to end this. Yeah, snakes, horror, fish, birds are disgusting. Sums it all up. <laughs> <laughs> They're so gross, except for ducks. I mean, ducks are really adorable because America <laughs> and owls. Owls are the, literally the most fascinating. If thing If you in ever the world. get one of those decals on the back of your car, that's an actual American America. eagle with a flag. I'm gonna punch you in the fucking throat. <laughs> I already got it. I'm putting it on today. <laughs> oh, God. The next is going to be one of those crosses on the back with my family praying to it. Knock it off. <laughs> Immediately. America. <laughs> Immediately. All right. Anyways, hopefully that gives you guys a broad idea of what anxiety can look like. Um and what people can experience, right? Like every person is different. No two people experience anxiety the same way. There's just a blanket. I was going to say blanket statement, but that's not right. Like there are, there's criteria that you have to meet in order to be diagnosed and people fall under the same umbrella, so to speak, mm-hmm. but they're not the same person. So. And I think that's the importance of not taking something like this or the DSM or like Googling symptoms to to be fact of how to diagnose yourself because everybody experiences it differently, like you Mm -hmm. said. So like somebody's anxiety may be, you know, it may look one way for somebody like for instance of like I can't go to school like I I cannot mm-hmm. get out of my car I can't do this I can't do that when somebody else's anxiety is like well if I don't go into school and perform then they, like it just looks so different for everybody mm-hmm. so please understand that the way that you feel is valid the way that you ha- that anxiety shows up for you is valid validate your existence validate that experience for yourself because that is how we move through emotions any emotion yep if we change our thoughts, we change our emotions. And if we change our emotions, we change our, our behaviors. World. Mm-hmm. Yes. Absolutely. Awesome. So anyways, like, rate, review, subscribe, all the things. Share with all your friends. Talk about us on social media. 
email yes, us. Please. Let us know what you want us to talk about. Um, follow us on social media. I am at SpookyFitMom13. Mari is at BBEA underscore XO11. Our podcast page is at Rewriting Her Story Podcast. Our email is Rewriting Her Podcast at Rewriting Her Story Podcast at yes. gmail.com. Jesus Christ. <laughs> words. Anyway, yeah, words are hard. It feels like a Monday sometimes. But right. yes. We will be back to you guys with episode 13, and we can't wait. Bye. Bye.